everyone. I am back here again, once again, with my boy Obed, and I am Sherm. We are here getting you another episode from What's the Word Entertainment. Um, glad to see you, Obed. Hope you hope you've been good, and man, I hope you're ready for a good game this week, as it is Super Bowl week, of course. Yes, big Sherm. It's a blessing to be back and see you another day. And uh, yes, sir, finally the Pats have come back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, I, hopefully I'll be able to smell what uh, Tom Brady and Coach Belichick got cooked up for Sean McVay and the Rams. <laughs> well, I'm sure the Rams were ready to lay the smack down on their candy asses. <laughs> I'm, I'm no doubt, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But finally, yeah, okay, dude, it's been three years in a row. Let's check yourself, all right, dude? Come on, relax. Like, oh, no, they got us. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- long time. Yeah, long time. That's an Arctic year, my goodness. Time flies. <laughs> I know, right? Dude, go ask some Cleveland Browns fans or something how they feel. <laughs> hey, don't worry. If you're not with Cleveland, you're against us. If you're not wearing brown and orange, you're on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Oh, man. So before we talk uh, all things football, I want to just talk about something, an interesting topic. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that uh, tonight on ESPN, they will be airing a new 30 for 30. I love watching the ESPN 30 for 30s. Um, some of my favorites were the Fab Five edition or even with the U. But tonight's a brand new one about my man in primetime, my man Deion Sanders. The two, woo, I like it. Got the official card. I like it. Nice. My man out here got to cut the black too. I like it. I like it. Oh, got him. Nice. Yo, my man Deion Primetime Sanders, the the ultimate two sport athlete. Um, They're going to be showcasing the luxurious life of him, you know, playing two different sports within 24 hours, which is insane, both football and baseball. Um, I believe he started in the NLCS playoff game one, one day. Went played the a football game the next, and then went back to play a baseball game the next day, which was insane. Uh, I'm, I know I'm looking forward to it, so that's something uh, you know to watch definitely tonight on TV. Something I'm going to be watch, tuned in for definitely. Um, but anyway, let's move on. I want to talk about the NBA before we get into football. Um, some big news came out today. We'll talk about today first, then we'll go about earlier this week. Today, the Knicks have announced that they have traded their big man, their forward, Chris Stapps Porzingis, the, f- the former number four overall pick in 2015. They have traded him to the Mavericks. The Mavericks also, other than Porzingis, the Mavericks get Trey Burke, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway Jr. The Knicks get DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, and two first-round picks. Now, this kind of took some people off uh, um, by storm that he went in to, to a meeting with the front office. Now, Prisingas, remember, he hasn't played at all this season yeah. because he's coming off that ACL injury. And he went into a meeting with, with, with the Knicks brass, and he basically just said he didn't want to be there anymore and almost demanded a trade in, and then they pulled the trigger. Uh, do you First of all, do you like the move? Do you basically not much? I mean, or and do you think that it's really just a move, move to best help with their future? I think it's more a help with the future move. I mean, it made me wonder about the ACL injury if it was that bad. I know when big guys get injuries like that, it's hard for them to get their mobility back, especially if you're a, as a dynamic player as him, right? Like, how long is it going to take for him to come back? Until you think of Rob Gronkowski, took a lot of injuries to slow him down, but he plays a different style of game, maybe as reckless as Porzingis. I don't know. Um, I think it's a future move for the Knicks. I, I, I think it's a good move on the part of Christos. Maybe he just needs a fresh start at, and the – uh, the University of Michigan, uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks down there, I think are going to be a good place for him to, to come into his own, provided he's he's healthy again. Yeah, I think this was definitely a move to maybe perhaps clear up some cap space. 
because they're trying to, I think, get in this next offseason, they have the potential to get two big land, two big superstars. Don't forget, Kevin Durant will be a free agent um, and even possibly uh, even Kyrie. There are some rumors that he may want out of Boston. But there's some rumors that say he does. He wants to stay in Boston. So who knows? I think it's just really just the Knicks gearing up to land the next big uh, superstar or maybe the next two big two superstars. Um, the other big news this week in the NBA was about Anthony Davis. I think it was on Monday that the, uh, yeah, that his representatives announced that the big man, the all-star big man from the Pelicans, that he is demanding a trade. That one, he will not, you know, of course not sign the extension and is demanding a trade. Um, I thought this was a little preemptuous. Like I didn't, I really didn't see this coming so soon because he has an, another year left on his contract. Yeah. He's, he will not be a free agent this summer. He's not until next summer. Um, so I thought it was kind of early to do this. Um, now, of course, it's rumored that he may he wants to go to maybe go to LA and play with LeBron. And um, also, and don't forget, his agent, Rich Paul, also represents LeBron James as well, too. So some people might have saw this coming that hey, when they he when he signed Rich Paul, that hey, he wants to go with LeBron. So I know I'd be, but for this trade to really happen, let's say, let's just say it is to the Lakers. Yeah. I feel like the Lakers have to give up the entire roster, don't you, to get him? That's probably what it's going to take. I mean, they've got some great young pieces. You know, Flamella Ball's on the table. Uh, Jennings is on the table. I, I don't particularly think that, uh, considering when LeBron James comes to your team, you give him the opportunity to say who he wants to bring in there. But it's, it, I don't feel like some of the veterans that are in the league right now could be great two or three guys to fill out the rest of the team. You think of the Miami team, they had their big three, but the rest of the roster they filled out with, you know, maybe people don't have respect for the Mario Chalmers. Maybe people don't recognize uh, the kind of things that Mike Miller brought to the table. But you have to understand one of those non-big three guys is Ray Allen, right? Are there guys that good who could come and fill those secondary roles for them? But we know that those guys are ballers in the league. I don't think the field's out there. So do you do you sacrifice what could happen in the next two years? This team kind of stays together a little bit for bringing in this one guy, and then where do you feel the rest of the team? Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, really to give – I mean, just to get AD, I mean, they probably going to have to give up Alonzo Ball. Yeah. I'm going to have to give up Brandon Ingram. I'm going to have to give up Kyle Kuzma and maybe a fourth or fifth guy or maybe a fourth guy and a draft pick. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot for one player. I mean, granted, it is Anthony Davis, arguably, that was one of the top five players in the league. Teaming up with, with LeBron would be tremendous. But I and I think what they wanted because they they're trying to. I think they're going to try to get another superstar. Even if they get AD, they're going to get another superstar. And I think the move for them next year. Let's say they do get AD. We don't. I don't see them beating the beating the Warriors. This is just to help them get a get further than playoffs. Yeah. But the move for them next year to me is getting Kemba Walker. At a, at a Charlotte. Kemba Walker will be a free agent this offseason. So, but if you have LeBron James, you have AD, and you have Kemba Walker, that's a squad that can actually make a deep run in the playoffs, possibly for a championship. And you fill it out with those role players, of course, as you mentioned, like in Miami, they had their big three, had their role players. Um, I think that would be a contender for Golden State, a legitimate contender for Golden State with those three. Would you agree? I, I would agree that at least you have the, the numbers that would be on the floor to at least challenge him, right? You you got to have some guards that are going to play hard against Clay and uh, and Curry because you're going to need to keep those guys working for their shots. Um, even though Clay Thompson gets you 40 points off of four dribbles, uh, you know, right? So um, I, I do think that you can start to challenge the throne out there, but. You know, it's if, when you're starting five all-stars, and I don't know how long it's going to last for the Golden State Warriors, it's hard to say you can put anything together to beat those guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
other than the Lakers, do you think there's other any other landing spots for AD? Because I know that I know the Celtics can't make any trades right now. There's some restrictions with the Kyrie Irving trade. Yeah. I mean, like I said, maybe maybe the Knicks are they want to get their clearing space to get AD. Is there any other spots you could see AD end, ending up? Honestly, I mean, I think I think he could maybe make a move out to like Portland. You know, I think they'd have the space for him. He'd have the opportunity there as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, who who wants to, how how do you want to get to the finals? Because the East looks like it's wide open, right? Everybody's talking about what the the um, what Celtics could do. Aren't they like fifth or sixth in the East right now? You know, mm-hmm. so you could you could potentially just go to the East, find a squad, make that Knicks move, right? What would the Knicks be willing to put together if they could land somebody like Anthony Davis? I believe they got a pick for uh and for uh Christoph Porzingis. So hey, you got Christoph, you got Anthony Davis, maybe you bring in a nice stud shooter, maybe you bring in a nice uh point guard form from the draft. Who knows? You know, um right. right. I think the Knicks need to start like like just admitting they need to just lose and go after my man Zion Williamson out of out of Duke. Because now, well, the team of the Knicks with uh with uh, Anthony Davis uh and then Zion Williamson out there, Ooh. you know, I don't think it'd be a bad two combination there. Yeah, I mean, Zion Williams is the size of LeBron James now, and yeah. Zion's only 18 years old. Right. How scary <laughs> is that? I mean, this guy's got the – and, you know, I, I was one of the haters that was just like, oh, he's just a, this dunker, like he can't shoot. I turn on a Duke game, and it's probably like two, three minutes into the in the second half. He takes a step-back jumper in the corner, the short corner, and it was wet. I was oh, my goodness. Yeah, man, like, he can ball. Yeah. He can he can definitely ball. I mean, then Duke's having a great year with with him as well. Um, so moving on at AD, James Harden and Fuego right now. Yeah. Still, I know we talked about him a couple of weeks ago when he was still on fire. I mean, he's got 24 straight games at least 30 points. He had he had a career high 61 against the Knicks as we mentioned last week. Yeah. I mean, this dude is just lighting it up. He's averaging over 36 points a game, yeah. six boards. And even eight assists. I mean, can he really be stopped? I just, is it ever going to end? Is it towards much? People have been saying like he's a way more prolific scorer than some people people love and have gone to the Hall of Fame. I I can't deny that, right? He he's just getting the opportunity and he's not wasting it. He's definitely giving you what you need. It's just he cannot go as far without his team stepping up and doing something around him. He'll give you this. Fine. We've seen him do this. It doesn't lead to him getting any farther into the uh, Western Conference Championship or into into the Western Conference playoff bracket uh, if they cannot put something together around him. Say what you will. He takes up. He travels all the time, but he puts up a monster stats and it just you can't take anything away from that. Yeah, I mean, CP3 it did come back this week off the injury. The Rockets are currently, I believe, fifth in the West. I mean, now that CP's, CP3 is back, they'll, 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 probably, they'll probably trend in the, in the upward direction. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I still think they, you know, they just don't have it. James Harden is going to, I think, is going to wear himself out. Yeah, I think I think about Russell Westbrook going to wear himself out. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Wilson Brett's a great point. I wanted to actually move on to the Thunder. Westbrook is having another year averaging a triple-double. This will be his third consecutive year that he would average a triple-double if that if it does and and that's with the season. He's averaging 21, almost 22 points a game, almost 11 boards, and an 11 assists a game. I mean, this is this is probably, I mean, one of the greatest statistical, I guess, seasons, you know, or back-to-back-to-back season that we've ever seen. Just three triple-double seasons in a row, that would be an amazing feat. Now, he's going off. Paul George is having a hell of a year, too. He's a possible MVP candidate, dude. Don't sleep. 
on Paul George. I think it's funny that at this time of the year last year, you wouldn't have said that. You would always have thought that Russell Westbrook was the best player on this team right now. If yeah. you're telling me there's a guy here that we're not paying attention to who was balling out of control that the entire league is noticing, that bodes really well for Russell Westbrook and the West. These guys of what they can do when they get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, right now they're third in the West behind the Nuggets and, of course, Golden State. But do you think the Thunder are the, a legitimate threat to Golden State, or if not the biggest to Golden State at all, to contend in that playoff, in that Western Conference playoff? I think they're the only ones that we can look at legitimately. We'll go out there and take it at them. I mean, they're getting enough production around the entire roster versus mm-hmm. some of the other teams out there that uh, I love what I love what Denver's doing. Don't give me anything. I love the Joker. Joker's great. Uh, yeah. His team, his team get rallies behind him. He gets you a triple double, but he is still a rookie that has a young team. They're going to need some years to put this together. Um, I think right now the biggest competition to the Golden State Warriors is the okay, so, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and if it comes down to the finals, the two of them, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I think that would be a good match. I mean, Steven Adams is playing really well for the Thunder as well, too. So um, they're just playing really good ball. Um, and Steven Adams. How was that? Aquaman, Steven Adams. It's going to say the same thing. My man <laughs> looks straight like Jason Momoa right there, son. My, my dude's going to start calling fish out during the, during the game. <laughs> Get that plankton, bro. Get that plankton. Yo, for real, right? We'll be walking into the arena with a trident and whatnot, you know? <laughs> Dude, I'm like, come on. <laughs> but let's go on to the Warriors. Obviously, we told you, talked about them a little bit. They, they've won 11 straight games after losing that one-point loss, having that one-point loss to the Rockets. They play, I think they played the Sixers tonight. Boogie has, has finally come back. He, he's played five games this year, averaging just over 15 points. He looks good. Yeah, he looks, looks good. Good, dude. I mean, and uh, Steph is balling out. You know, this he had his, uh, he's had a, a uh, set a record for himself, a record seven straight seasons with at least 203 pointers made. And again, only what 39 games this year, which is which is the which is the fastest ever. So he's on pace right now to break his own three point record he did in 2016 with having 402 three pointers. Can can anyone slow down Golden State? I mean, I don't think so. And it's just a foregone conclusion. Just put him in the finals right now yeah. and give him the title. Pick your poison where you want to get it. I mean, I look at, uh, you know, Boogie Cousins had 22 points in 25 minutes last game. Um, That's ridiculous. And you know what? They can have more if they want to, but they don't even need it. When you're telling me that he could dish that out to the Durantula, he could dish that out to Clay, he could dish that out to Steph. It's it's problematic to think that – this team has is only averaging 120 points a game. I think is something that that could be looked at because if they wanted to average 140, they mm-hmm. could do. They could be like the Spurs, excuse me, the Suns from years ago when Steve Nash was the point guard. But they can still stop the Rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just they're just playing great ball. I mean, it's funny because I always thought it would take them a little bit, you know, maybe the chemistry they would win, but but they're just even with Boogie just just playing five games, it seems like it's nothing. It's just clicking and they're just moving. It's it's like a no brainer. It's it's the easy thing for them, you know? Literally it's, watching, uh, uh, what's it called, the Harlem Globetrotters on court right here. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's out of control. Anyway, let's move on to some NFL action. Uh, before we get into all the Super Bowl hype and everything like that, I kind of wanted to do a quick recap on the uh, conference championship games. Uh, we'll start out with the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Rams, the Rams and the Saints. Everyone, dude, everyone is obviously talking about this game and the biggest blown call in playoff history, might it maybe even just, dude, my, my man, dude, dude, I don't know, what was, what was that on that, no, not that non-pass interference call. I don't know what it was that. 
You don't even have to call pass interference. You can call a helmet-to-helmet hit. I thought this was the NFL talking about player safety. You watched right. the guy get blasted head-to-head and had nothing to say. Forget right. that with the pass interference. I want a dead ball foul right there. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, the refs, how do you not call that? Acting like it's the blind side out here. Like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> like, I think Ray Charles could have seen that call. <laughs> dude, yo, I mean, Stevie Wonder was throwing the flag in his crib, yo. Like, <laughs> Go ahead and queue up that that uh, video of, of uh, Stevie Wonder taking that free throw shot right there. He could have made that call. <laughs> but dude, I just don't get it. Like, but I mean, now granted, you can always say, "Oh, you missed a call here. You missed a blown call." Even on the series before that, there was a fa- there was a clear face mask on Jared Goff that the, yes that the refs missed as well too. So you can say that you get that face mask, they get a first down, they drive down the field, whatever things that changes the game too. So, I mean, I don't really like saying that a game came down to one play or one call because if it went the other way, you don't know what would happened. Let's just say they do call that pass interference. Saints get the first down. They go downfield. They're, they're within the 10-yard the line. They run the clock, they run the clock down because the Rams had no timeout. They had, they had a couple timeouts. They run the clock down to, like, let's say four or five seconds. Who's to say that that kicker would have made the field goal? Now, granted, it's a short field goal. He probably could have made – he would have made it. But you do not know definitively. You cannot say he was going to make the field goal. So the game could have ended up in overtime anyway, or the Rams could have just won in regulation. So you don't, you don't ever know. So, But, yes, it was the biggest blown call. I get it. But still, I mean, you can't say definitively what happened. But it was a great game. Breeze, I think, threw for, what, 249, two scores and a pick. His counterpart, Goff, threw for 297, a score and a pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks actually went off in that game, talking talking about cooking. He's gonna be, I think he's gonna be cooking in the Super Bowl. You know, see, you know what? He he's gotten a chance to do something that I don't think most players can say they've done is play two of their previous employers in back to back games. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. As you mentioned, yeah, Cooks. He went he went against the Saints, his former team. Now he's going against the Patriots, his former team. There, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, but what happened to my man Todd Gurley? in that game four carries 10 yards what i think i think it's injury i think it's injury i mean you you do not sign players before the playoffs unless there's a serious injury there right yeah. and you know even with even with him only touching the the rock as much as he has he's always been a huge focal point to the game that you have to put him out there but then i feel like mcveigh realized that he is hurting us by being on the field more than he is helping us right he's injured whatever it is thank the lord he got you guys here he gave you a chance to get to where you are right now if it's cj anderson that's got to run the rock in the super bowl off of the couch that's what it's gonna have to be yeah i mean yeah it, it's got it's got to be the injury you know what i mean but I'm hoping that the last couple of weeks off, or you know, or not having having off last week, no game last week, of course, um, that he's kind of healed up and that he'll be at full strength. So I, love, I mean, this guy, I love watching him him ball out. So I definitely want to see him at full strength in, in this in this game. Um, so of course, Rams came out with that game and it was well as we saw, um, 26 to 23 in overtime. Now it's funny because that game went to overtime, and then the AFC Conference Championship game went into over, or the AFC uh, title game went to overtime as well. I think it was the first time in NFL history that both conference championship games went to overtime same day. Um, of course, as we know, the Pats won that game, 37 to 31, over the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes was 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 held in check for the first half. You know, yeah, I, I I don't think that uh, the that. You know, there was that chess match. I don't think the that Andy Reid, Andy Reid just is, I don't know about his in-game work. It's just not there. But he didn't come out with anything that was, like, outside of the box. Yeah. 
you know, um, Sony Mich- from the other side when the Pats, Sony Michelle went off 29 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, great. You know that that old line. Yes, can't, can't say can't say it enough. You know, um, the I mean they they kept Brady upright. Do you know? I want to ask. I don't know if you noticed that entire game against the Chiefs. You know how many plays the Patriots had for a negative yardage? Three. They had one. Wow. And you know what play it was? It was the kneel down at the end of the game. They didn't have a single actual running play or pass play that went for negative yards. They were consistently moving the ball the entire game. That is definitely credit to the offensive line and that online coach getting and preparing, make sure his guys were prepared. That is- uh, the, the year that he took off in 2013 or 14 when the Patriots went to Bron- the Broncos and lost in the AFC Championship game, that season, the offensive line was in such disarray. They might have had like seven or eight combinations just leading into the AFC Divisional game. The next year, Skarnakia comes back after a break, and they're back in the top ten as far as uh, pass protection. And now it seems to be a great run. These guys are gutsy. I haven't seen the Patriots dig in the ground and go and get those tough yards on in the in the run game since uh, Logan Mankins and Matt Light was on the offensive line. So you know that's been a very long time. Right. I mean, yeah. Look at the Patriots. Matt Light went out. He went. I believe he went to the uh, the Giants offseason, right? And well, that's uh well Matt Light is years ago, but um you're talking about uh, Nate Solder. Nate Solder. Nate Solder, excuse me. Yes, yes, Nate Solder, yes. Um so you would think that the 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 old line would would you know de- de- digress a little bit, but they just they got it seemed like they got better. They got you know they, they got they got a they got a, a draft pick. Yo, I mean that old line coach is definitely doing his thing. Um but yeah, I mean now being that both games went into overtime and we all know then the Pats and the the Pats Chiefs game. Only the Pats only got the ball. Chiefs never got the ball. There's some question of, you know, are we going to eventually, or are they going to eventually switch up the overtime rules? Now, they they did switch up the overtime rules recently. Before, it was just first score and, and who wins. That was it, whether it was a field goal or not. Yeah. Then it was a couple of years ago. They said, okay, first person that gets the ball, if you get a field goal or, you, don't, you know, the other team can get can get the ball. But if you, only, if you get a touchdown first, then a the game's over. Do you think there is a need to change it where – both teams to get the ball at least once, no matter what, what style would you like to see the college style where you start just start like the 35 line line, whatever they just give them a possession or how would you say what you go or do you like the way it is now? Uh, so, so one thing right before we jump into this uh, one stat that stuck out to me for the chiefs games with uh, yeah. chiefs back game, the Tyreek Hill stat line, one catch for 42 yards. Oof. Bill Belichick said, you're not doing anything with Tyreek Hill, and you don't have the running backs to beat us because we already know Damian Williams' game. Now, hey, you know, they, they with much help to both sides, I will say in both games, all four teams got some kind of call from the referees that just was was big for them, either a makeup call or something that another team was upset about. It happened. Fine, whatever. But yeah. his Bill Belichick's ability to blanket out Tyreek Hill, the biggest weapon from that team, I think, was paramount. Why they're able to beat them? But Sammy Watkins did go off. He had he had over 100 yards receiving. So Man, playing Sammy Watkins since he was with the Bills, they were not worried about Sammy Watkins. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but uh, so back to your to your earlier question. Uh, uh, so overtime. Uh, overtime. So the overtime rule. Um, you know, it's tough. These are these are paid professionals, right? I understand why in the college game you would give them short field, which those overtime games in college, they just keep going back and forth, back and forth. There's no defense in college. There's not a defense of guys who are played hundreds of millions of dollars to stop the ball. So if you're telling me, okay, they kick off, 
let it go out of bounds. Start at the 20. Go down there. If you score a touchdown, it's over. If they stop you, then they get a chance to, to uh, score the game and it's over. Or it goes to whoever gets the most points at the end of that time. I believe that's how the rule goes. If that's the case, I cannot, I cannot, and even though my team benefited from it and by them not getting the chance to have the ball, I don't think they deserve a chance to the ball. If your defense can't go out there and stop them like they did most of the game, that is on you guys, right? You're paid too much to think that we could put a team like the Chiefs on the 40. Not a, not happening. Putting putting the Saints on the 40, the Rams on the 40. I'm not saying it's a done deal to have them out there, but it's too likely that they will score. And this will just keep going back and forth until something breaks. Some teams might not even get a chance at the end zone. They might just go for the pass interference. Look at look at uh, Joe Flacco. That was Joe Flacco's big greatest play. People say that the uh, the Saints player should have played up the pass interference like one of the uh, Ravens players would have done, and he probably would have got that call. That's not for me yeah. to say. But, I mean, hey, you, you, like you said, there are tons of things that could have happened. Yeah, so, I mean. What's that? Do you think they deserve a shot? Do you think the opposing team deserves a shot at the ball? I mean, I would like to see. I'm not saying they deserve a shot at it. Um, first of all, correct me. So, in the NFL, like I said, it's whoever gets it, the first scores a touchdown, they get it. The other team is the, the time. Where, if the other second team, if the, page didn't, if the pass didn't score and the Chiefs went down and kicked the field goal, game would have been over. Oh. But in, col- in, in college, like I said, I believe you start the 25 or 35 yard line, your team gets the ball. If you score, the other team automatically gets the ball, gets the ball as well, too. And you can match it, and it goes to the second overtime. I, I don't think in the NFL there's going to be multiple overtimes because those guys, like you said, they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars, too, but there's so much on the line compared to NFL, compared to college. You're playing 16 games compared to only 12 or 13 games, you know, or 12, 12 games in a regular season. Um, I like, I mean, I do say, you know, have a timed uh, overtime uh, session. And if that's maybe one, maybe two, I don't think you probably would go to. But I would say, that I wouldn't mind. Let's say we go back to this Pats Chiefs game. Pats the Chiefs kick off. Pats get the ball. They score. I think the Chiefs could, you know, should or maybe I think it would wouldn't be a bad thing that the Pats went and get went and kicked off. And Chiefs and Chiefs got the ball. And if fourth down comes, you know, wherever they are, they don't score on that and that drive. Then game's over. Um, because you can't just have they're not going to have these guys going playing all night four or five six hour games like they do sometimes no. in college. Because in college, I mean, I've seen three, four, five overtime games in college football before which is just too much, especially yeah. for the NFL. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I wouldn't mind if they changed the rule. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against the rule the way it is now. I'm not saying I'm for the rule the way it is now, but if they did change it where each team got a possession, it would be fine with me. I, I, I'd be okay with it. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's so hard to say, you know, what things would have happened differently and so forth, you know, I mean, cause I guess you do have to have a timed down, I would say, because, like I said, if the Chiefs got the ball and they wouldn't score, the game would be tied. You'd have to keep just going. So I think having the time game. But, of course, obviously in the playoffs, you have to, would have to go to a multiple overtime if it's still tied at the end of overtime because you have to have a winner in the playoffs. Unlike the regular season, game can end in a tie, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, I mean, to your point about the back with the pass interference call, yeah, maybe he should have thrown up his arms more and made a bigger fuss about it, fuss out of it. Because you know, a lot of times when you do complain enough, you will get your call sometimes, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to your point, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with that one there. But it is what it is. Rams won, Patriots won, and now we have our Super Bowl 53 set, Patriots and Rams. So it is what it is. So let's, let's actually talk about some Super Bowl action here now. Before we get into the game itself, Kind of want to talk about another topic. We'll have to talk about the other thing some people watch the game for is the commercials. 
course, everyone always is at is at the seat, you know, is at their chair, waiting for these commercials to come on. And I don't know if you know this, for a 30-second commercial, their companies are paying $5.25 million just for 30 seconds, making it rate I just can't believe it. Now, that's up from 2017 and 18 when it was $5 million for a 30-second commercial. I mean, CBS is going to make out like bandits, as they would say, you know? Dude, I mean, it's just crazy. Now, I think back of all the commercials we've seen, we always see like some soda commercials. There's always car commercials or some Doritos or like chips commercials, whatever the commercials. Couple, a couple of my favorites though, one in particular was the, I don't know if you remember the old school Snickers commercial, when they always say um, like, oh, are you hungry? You turn to somebody else like that. One was with Robin Williams. He was the football coach. I remember that. I remember that was a good one. That was a good yeah, one. and he was like, "Oh yeah, you gonna do it?" Yeah, this is my mother Russia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coach, you're hungry, and he bites the Snickers and he turns him back into the coach. That was one of my favorites. And the other one of my favorites was the for the video game Clash of Clans. Liam Neeson, he's doing his best uh, Taken uh, voice. He's like, "I don't know who you are," but about the guy, he's like lost in the game. Nice. Okay. So that, that was. Yeah, that was kind of a couple of my favorites there. I don't know about you. Did you remember have any favorite Super Bowl commercials or just commercials in general that you liked? I would say the uh, the was commercials from Bud Light was my favorite. I think they did an extended one for the Super Bowl where everybody was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about those. Yeah, right. Uh, um, and I did actually take a look at the ones for this year, and I, did, I wanted to say that I thought the Michael Bublé Bubbly uh, commercial looks like a really good one. Um, and got a Pringles Amazon device commercial. I'm not going to spoil that one. That one is good. That one is it's very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did I did see that as well. That was pretty that was pretty nice. That was pretty cool. But um, anyway, let's go on to the game. Of course, this Sunday is Super Bowl 53. Um, let's break down. I want to break down each team. I want to start off with the Patriots. I want to talk about a key, keys to success. For me, I'm going to say is again, it's the offensive line for the Patriots. I know we talked about it before, but that offensive line, what I, what I think it's so, it will be such a key to success for them because if they can stop Aaron Donald on the ramp defensive front, so that's why I say the offensive line is so important for the for the Patriots in this game. Not only just Aaron Donald, but Indomik and Sue as well too. So if they can at least hold Donald in check, which is very hard to do, let's face it. I mean, Sue may get off, or Sue may get off, or excuse me, or Donald may get off. They may hold Sue in check. But if they can, you know, somehow hold both of them in check, which would that would be a miracle. I think that is the biggest key to success for the Patriots. And as far as the Rams are concerned, it's going to be the run game. It's going to be Todd Gurley. Now, we, we're not sure if he's healthy enough. As you mentioned before, C.J. Anderson, if they can at least, um, you know, get over 60 yards apiece in this game, I think that will be good for them. So I think uh, and because the, the run game will open up the pass game for Jared Goff. So to me, for the Rams, it's the run game. How what about you? What do you think the keys to success are for each team? Man, I just I actually whittled my list down because I just felt like I couldn't find I, I could have went all over the board with this. We don't have that much time in America. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the Patriots, I completely agree with you. Definitely the offensive line, keeping that defensive front forward, specifically handling Donald, handling Sue and Michael Brockers. Regardless, one of those three guys can ruin an entire afternoon for your quarterback if you don't have a good game plan. For Absolutely. Them. I expect to see a lot of uh, a tight end on the line with uh, Rob Gronkowski. I expect to see a lot of chipping by the running backs. I expect to see a lot of help to get Tom Brady some time or at least disguise what it is they want to do. A screen, I feel like the screen game, an out-of-the-well-set screen, could kill this team, either one of these teams. Um, 
I think the defensive line and secondary for the Patriots is going to be big. You know, you cannot allow them to muscle you around. C.J. Anderson has had his way with the Patriots defensive line on many an occasion playing for the Broncos. I know he's got a good feel for them, so they'll have to be on top of their toes. Uh, the offensive run game for the Patriots, I think James White, I think we'll talk about him later, is going to be a huge asset for them. This guy caught 15 passes in a game. My goodness gracious me, your wide receiver is going to catch 15 and still probably give you 60 rushing yards. That's a tough back to keep up with. Um, as far as the Rams, we talked about the defensive front, front four. I'm specifically looking on the offensive side for two things. One is how well is Josh, Mc, uh, Josh Reynolds going to impersonate Cooper Cup? What the Rams have been missing is that tight yeah. end shaded wide receiver who comes out of the, his routes late and then into the flats or down the line. You have no idea where he is and lose track. And Cooper Cup was great at that. And Josh Reynolds hasn't really shown that he has that. What ends up happening is they lean on Woods. They lean on Cooks, who the Patriots have a lot of experience with. Woods used to be in their division and Cooks used to play for them, you know, but uh, that's going to be up until uh, McVeigh to be to be that true chess match that Andy Reid was not. McVeigh, I, I just felt like McVeigh showed me some things that he was willing to do to win a game that is going to put you in in that tier of coaches who's going to give him his team a chance to win as long as they bring their best day game. Yeah, and, and it's and it's crazy that the uh, Rams are still, you know, are firing all cylinders really on the offensive side, even without Cooper Cup. You know, he's he's definitely, a, you know, that was a big miss for them when he went down with the injury earlier this year. So just just imagine if they had him still, I mean, that, that would be a big, big, I mean, they, you know, I think that would be a big difference for them. Yeah, they were uh, first in rushing on the offensive side, first in, uh, fifth in passing on the offensive side. And I really feel like that's because Cooper Cup was not there. They would absolutely be in the top three if Cooper Cup was still out there for them. Maybe uh, number one, who knows? Right. Who, knows? who knows, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, and they're overall second in total defense. So this is a this is a tough task for the Patriots to get to plan for. They're going to have to come and play a really good game against them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, as far as stat lines are concerned for the Patriots, kind of made my own stat lines where I'm thinking where the game's going to be heading for Brady. I'm saying he goes for 283, two scores and a pick. James White may rush for 57 yards and may catch for 62 yards and a, and a, and a score. As you said before, he had 15 receptions in a game this year. I mean, he's, a, he's a definitely a dual threat. I think Edelman will have at least eight catches, maybe for 98 yards and a score. Gronk, five catches, 77 yards. Um, and my impact player for the Patriots is going to be James White. As I mentioned before, and like I said, that dual threat to me, I think he's going to have a great day. Um, for the, on the other side of the ball, the Rams, I think Goff will go for at least 300 yards and maybe three scores. Um, Gurley, if if, he, if he's healthy, hopefully he's going to go for maybe about 78, 80 yards. C.J. Anderson, 51 yards and a score. And then Aaron Donald, I think he's going to have a really solid game, at least about eight tackles and maybe three for loss, including two sacks and maybe even a pass def, uh, deflection. And I think Donald will be the Rams impact player uh, for this, for this game for them. I don't know about you. What's your take on it? Who your impact players are? Who do you got here? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, Cause first off, I commend you on the, uh, the stats outcomes that you put down here. I actually agree with them very much. Uh, I think it's going to be, a very clean and concise game from the Pats if they want to win this game. You can't come out here and act reckless, right? For yeah. Goff to have 300 yards and three touchdowns would is what you would have to see and what it seemed that caliber of quarterback has been able to do to the Patriots, right? That's what Mahomes basically gave you last game. Uh, so I feel like Goff should be able to pull that off as long as the supporting cast is there. Uh, it really comes down to, I think, both teams. What's your running game going to look like? I know that James White and some Sony Michelle could be a huge impact there. They both had 100 yards. Excuse me, Sony Michelle 
Traylon Burkhead both had 100 yards and two and a touchdown or two apiece in the last game. So looking at them, I'm like, okay, can you control the pace of this game? Because if they if the Rams want to, they could take it and run it run with it all the way. The Pats don't want to be in a shootout with anybody. Um, I think Aaron Donald knows that he could be the game changer here. I think he could he could impact this game enough to end up being the Super Bowl MVP if they hoist the Lombardi Trophy because he is a game changer in the game. Um, and yeah, I have to agree. I like I like, I like your uh, your picks out there. Sorry, who's on the stat line? And and and, and I and I say Goff will have with 300 yards, and it goes back to my earlier point about the key success for the Rams is the run game because Goff is so great with play action. And if they've developed the run game, that will open up the play action for the Rams. That's why I say he's going to – he on that play action pass, McVay loves to get in play action uh, 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 possessions. So I think Goff will get the majority of his yards in play action plays. Maybe, you know, spread, spreading, that, spreading the defensive out, having some motions here and there. And so I think that's where Goff will have most of his yardage and and, and really have a, really have a, a great game. Um, I mean – the you know Belich, Belichick is a genius. We know. I think he has to um, somewhat, I guess, take away you know you know some some of the Rams' threats somehow. You know, I, I don't know. Do you think he's anybody in particular he's gonna take away, or he has to shut down really to have his success? I mean, you know, you go with all right. Which plays are the highest percentage plays for them? I feel like that stuff underneath that they do with Robert Woods is just when they need the yards bad, that's who they go to. You know, when they when they feel like they've slowed down, they've got to start picking up the tempo again, they go to Robert Woods. Maybe you take him away. You also want to neutralize Brandon Cooks. Make yeah. sure that, that if you can keep the that low percentage play, the big over the top, that is huge reward, but huge, a huge risk. Mm -hmm. Um off of the stat sheet for them. I think that's, even like I said before, with limiting Tyree Kill, you want to look at Brandon Cooks the same way. Uh, and then force them to play underneath. I mean, if it's going to become a Tyler Higby game, if it's going to end up being the, the tight ends, uh, if it's going to be a C.J. Anderson game, I think they want to play that stuff closer to the line of scrimmage because then the Patriots linebackers can be those guys. Benoit can go up there and go after it while they have uh, uh, Dante Hightower in coverage, keeping the running back in check, and then give that offensive, the defensive line a chance to get at the quarterback. I feel like there's if there's a quarterback in this game that can be rattled very easily, it's probably uh, Jared Goff. you got to get a lot of hits on Brady. You know, yeah. and you've seen this in the Super Bowls against the Giants, uh, uh, Super Bowls against the, the Eagles. It takes a lot to get a wear and tear on Brady. A guy as young as Jared Goff with a couple hits in his face, a couple hits in his chest, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, 100% agree. It takes a lot to rattle Brady. I mean, but think, look about it. In the, in the two playoff games the Patriots have played in, he hasn't been sacked once, yeah. you know? So, Clean. Right, right. But but he hasn't gone against Aaron Donald, though. It's a, that's, that's a different, different story. So, but I, I, I would 100% agree with you. You've got to limit Cooks. Gotta limit Woods from the Rams side for them. So, um, like, and, and that was goes to my point as well too. Because if you don't, that will open up. You know, Goff having to having a big game for them. So, all right. So I guess now here's here. This is it. We will come down to it. This time to make your prediction. So I want to know who wins the game and who's your MVP. So. I'm going to say that the Patriots win this game 38 to 29. They haven't won any Super Bowl by more than eight points. Um, I just, they, there's no way in my soul I'm going against New England. I think uh, one of the worst things and best things that happened to them was losing out on uh, Josh Gordon because then it just said, okay, how are we going to beat you? Nobody knows because they've never seen us play this kind of football before. And it just worked to perfection against this, uh, the Chiefs. Uh, I think it's going to keep rolling as well. Um, 
the MVP, I feel like it could be a defensive player, if not the entire defense. They're, the Patriots have shown, like you said, they had one negative play last week. That means that they are going to keep the ball on. They're going to keep trying to make plays down there one way or another. If it's that they have fire in their face, it's going to be quick outs all the time. Uh, whether one of those gets picked off for a pick six, I don't know. But they're going to keep the ball moving out. They've learned how to mimic the run game with the pass game. Um, I think the Patriots defense is going to have to step up, make plays. When In the big Super Bowls that they lost, it's because the, the Patriots defense didn't make those one or two two plays. Asante Samuel gets that interception. The Patriots are the first first undefeated team since the Miami Dolphins. You know, uh, Wes Welker comes up with that pass. They move the ball into field goal range and have a chance against the Giants. Um, but I think it comes down to the defense. Stop that, Stop those guys. Show me that you can keep a team in the defense, in the uh, Super Bowl under 25 points. I say that they won't keep, they will keep them under 30 and that'll be the game changer right there. Yeah. All right, good. But yeah, I mean, especially you say the Rams they just have that such high-powered offense. You know, keeping them on the 30 would be uh, definitely a success for that Patriots defense. So I, I definitely, you know, I like the pick there. I like the score. Um, for me, though, I'm going to go Rams, man. I'm sorry to say it. I'm going to go Rams. Uh, I'm going to go Rams 34-30 to 30, uh, in, a, in a close game. You know, um, I mean, and, and Jared Goff will be the MVP. As I mentioned before, I think he's going to have about 300 yards and at least a couple scores, two or three scores. So, of course, everything, of course, every award always favors quarterbacks, so why not? Um, you know, so that's what I'm going with. I'm thinking that it's going to be um, close pretty throughout the game, and then the Rams will have a late touchdown, maybe about two and a half, three minutes left to go up by 30, by, by 34 to 30, and then they'll just hold the Patriots towards the end, and then they'll run out the clock. That's going to be my prediction. Now, again, I'm not saying the Patriots can't win this game because, after all, it is Tom Brady. But on paper, I think on paper, I think you have to realize, I think we have to say the Rams are a better team on paper. If you match roster for roster, yeah. you know. Now, granted, the Patriots have Tom Brady. I get it. You get it, yes. Yeah, he's better. But running game, Rams are better. Defensively, the Rams are better. You know what I mean? Re you know, receiving core, it could go either way. With a healthy Cooper Cup, I think the Rams are 100% better. Absolutely. You know, so on, you know what I mean? But without Cooper Cup, I think it's pretty Julian Edelman, Gronk, the pretty much your only really, really weapons there. But you have, you know what I mean? You have, you have Cooks, you have Woods, you know what I mean? You got a lot of playmakers. So on paper, the Rams should actually, I think, win this game. But again, it's Tom Brady. So I, you know, he's, he's proven us wrong so many times. And at 41, going on to 42, he says he wants to play till 45. I mean, do let me ask you before we go. I know we're about to be out of time here. Do you ex actually expect Brady to play until 45 years old? I don't. I expect him to be done by 43, honestly. I mean, but it's how clean this man stays in yes. that pocket. If yeah. you're telling me he's going through entire games and not getting sacked, and they can keep that up for a majority of a season, he. I think Tom Brady has taken a quarter, if less, of the hits that other quarterbacks take. Not even the quarterbacks who are like running quarterbacks, right? Like I think he's taken far less hits than a uh, Drew Brees, than a Peyton Manning, than a Phillip Rivers. If you're yeah. telling me he's doing that, I could give you 43, no problem. Yeah, I mean, if they can keep him clean, I mean, I'm talking like cleaner than a tight white T-shirt on Vin Diesel clean. Then yeah, <laughs> then he'll be he'll be never done for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he'll be okay. He's yeah. got at least a couple. I say he definitely is going to play next year, um, maybe the year after that. But I think it's done. Who I think will be gone is Gronk. Yeah, it's... if I'll say this, if the Pats win, Gronk's gone. 
if they lose, there's a slim chance he could come back. And it's not about ability. It's just about health. Let me it's, tell you, watching him is like watching a, a horse with a bad leg, uh, yeah. a dog with, with, you know, arthritis. This is an animal, a monster, right? Uh, no, no pun intended there to Maroon 5 doing the halftime show. But this guy, I just he wants to be Gronk. He just can't do it. His Dude, body's not going to let him do it. It's almost like Tony Romo when he was the Cowboys. There was never a question about his ability. It was a matter of could he stay on the field? Yeah. I, I think it got to a point where they said, I mean, I know they drafted Dak. Dak came in. He had a great year. He went and moved on. But, I mean, even if they didn't get Dak, I think it was the point where somebody just had to sit down Tony Romo and say, dude, do you want to be paralyzed by age 45? Stop playing football because, dude, a back is nothing to play with. No. Gronk, Gronk has had back issues, you know, obviously, we, and it, with the and the elbow issues and ankle injuries. Dude, especially but when I go back to the back, a back is nothing to play with, bro. I mean, you, you, he can't do it forever, and he's just too injury prone. I think if the Patriots win, he's gone 100%. If they lose, I think it might be 50-50 if he comes back or not next year. I mean, uh, he'd, be the best, he'd be the best Hall of Fame blo uh, blocking tight end the, the world has ever seen. He'd be bouncing <laughs> dudes up and out of the club hard. I love it. I love dude, it. Dude, he's a, he's just a big dude. He's a monster, though. Dude. You know what I mean? He's a, he's huge. I mean, I don't, is he big? Is he bigger than Tony Gonzalez? I mean, Tony's to me is one of the biggest tight ends I've seen. Or Antonio Gates. I think he's bigger than Tony. Is he bigger than Tony? Okay. And what about Antonio Gates? I don't, I don't know. Antonio, that's a that's a basketball player. That's you know yeah. what I mean. Like, he's just a huge, big body dude. I don't know if he's bigger than him, girth wise, size wise. Uh, yeah. But yeah. maybe the same height, something like that. I think Gronk is like six seven, six eight. Six seven six eight. Um, yeah, I think he's about that too. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, um, that'll do it today. I think that's that's our time for this week. Um, I appreciate you joining me again. So I'm looking forward to the game, dude. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I'm gonna say, it's. I think it's gonna be a good one. Um, I'm definitely gonna sit down on my couch, watching all the commercials, eating some bad food, of course, and um, let's go Rams. <laughs> hey, 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 that's all right. Nobody circles the wagons like the New England Patriots, dog. Don't you worry. We come in. Jeff Brady with the pot, dog. Don't yeah, you worry. That's the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you joining me, dude. Uh, enjoy the game, and I'll see you next time, man. Take care, man. Peace.